Blog Talk Radio. Good morning out there in Blog Talk Radio Land. I'm telling you what a morning. I have been on the run this morning. So I'm just grateful that got in in time to connect to the show this morning. I was having a little bit of technical difficulties as well logging into the show. So I want to thank our guest who did dial in a little early this morning. Really appreciate her doing that. And to all of our listeners, our loyal listeners and those coming over to Off the Shelf for the first time. Before we begin, I just want to let you know that you are absolutely listening to the Winning Book Radio Show, Off the Shelf. What a what a topic we have on deck for the day. It, it, you know what? The scheduling of this is so timely because what is coming up, and you'll see as we go through the show, we had a holidays coming up, and this is a time when it's so easy to go off the rails when it comes to health. And sometimes the price of doing that, especially if it becomes a habit, can be just devastating. So our guest today will hopefully help you tap into your superpowers so that when you're <laughs> tempted this holiday season, and oh, there will be temptations, you can tap into your superpowers and make the right decisions so that when you get on the other side of this season, you can come out ahead instead of saying, oh, my God, I've got to dig out of, of evidence of bad decisions that I made. But before we introduce you to this awesome guest, I want to drop this off with you. Let your past make you better, not bitter. Let your past make you better, not bitter. So welcome to this Saturday. It's November the 9th, you guys. We we have less than 60 days left in this year. But I want to thank you for joining us. And that's, I send another special thank you out for those who have been with us for more than the 14 years that we've been on the air. Before we go into today's show, I want to say to you, if you are a book lover and if you're here, I know that you are. You know how much you get from books. You get entertainment. You get education. You get insight, motivation, inspiration, empowerment. You learn about history. You learn about science. There is so much in books. You cannot measure the value of books. You're one of those people who knows that, and that's why you're here today. And there's still time for you to encourage your friends, your neighbors, your colleagues to tune in off the shelf. The listener dialing number is 347-994-3490. Again, that's 347-994-3490. Or you could join us here in the chat room. But I want to ask you, if you value mystery and relationships, not just a, there's a soulmate relationship in this book, but there's also a complicated parent-child relationship. And there are millions, if not billions, of people who are still working their way through those. A complicated parent-child relationship, a soulmate re- relationship. And there's these four friends who meet at college. Watch and see what they get involved in. One of them is involved in the murder mystery. You'll have to read the book to find out just how involved. And the title of the book is Love Pour Over Me. You can get it in e-book e, e or in print book. If you don't see it on the shelves, just ask the clerk that you want to get a copy of Love Pour Over Me by Denise Turner. You're never going to know how good this book is if you don't buy it and read it. 
So I encourage you to get a copy of Love for Over Me today. And now let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. And this morning's guest who joins a long list of amazing guests we've had here on Off the Shelf is Adita Lang. And Adita is a certified fitness instructor, nutritional guru. She's going to help keep us out of trouble this holiday season. Public speaker, mind-body serenity coach, and author. She's also passionate about life. She was a rockin' 16 years old when she taught her first fitness class. She has traveled the globe working with clients in places like Spain and Hong Kong. Adita attended the University of Miami where she studied exercise physiology. Her path has led her to teach for the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Adita is truly a champion. She came back from a car accident that left her with a bird broken vertebrae. Today, Adita works with clients to help them tap into their superpowers at her website. As her website, Adita defines superpowers as that unstoppable zest for life, the overflowing energy, the bing, bang, boom that makes someone amazing. Adita aspires to inspire women to live life to the full potential at the front. She is also author of the book Superpowers, A Busy Woman's Guide to Health and Happiness. And you know what the, the topic makes me think of uh, Arianna Huffington, who started the Huffington Post. She's moved on and doing other endeavors now, but she's focused on this thing called burnout. So this is fitting with Superpowers, A Busy Woman's Guide to health and happiness. And you can find Adita online at aditalang.com, and I'll spell it A-D-I-T-A-L-A-N-G.com. Again, that's A-D-I-T-A-L-A-N-G.com. You can hop on over there now and learn more about her through her website, even as you enjoy her interview here on Off the Shelf this morning. We're just delighted to have Adita with us. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Adita. Thank you for that introduction. I want to meet me. That was cool. (laughs) Yes, yes. You know, I was reading your story, and I said, oh, my goodness. You know, you talk about we, we can be going so well in our lives and have a big setback, as you did with the accident, and then we it just falls apart. I've seen people just, they just can't get back up from it. But you did, you did. Before we go into your experiences and your book and your work, I'm going to ask you uh, the first three to four questions. I ask every guest who comes on off the shelf or similar questions. So our listeners get a little backstory on our guests before we launch into talking about their books. So to begin, Adita, can you tell off the shelf listeners where you grew up and what life was like for you growing up? Well, I grew up um, as a so-called military brat. My father was in the U.S. military, and we traveled all over the world. I lived in California. I lived in D.C. I lived in Spain. Um, we traveled from there, and, and so that my life was just, you know, go to school for one year or two years and then move. <laughs> so that's how I grew up. And, you know, both of my parents were not really into fitness. They, you know, my dad was a doctor, and my mother was a do- doctor as well. She was a dentist. Um, MD and my father was a radiologist, but they believed in traditional care and health. And um, somewhere along the line, all of a sudden, I just got into the whole fitness thing and it changed my life. Because during school, when I was younger, 
I was always the, the runt and I was the one who just, you know, oh, I can't do push-ups that hurts and I don't want to do that. You know, it's, it, it, I, I'll sweat. I don't want to do that either. But then I got into fitness and that changed my whole life. Wow. And at 16, you're already teaching yep. a show. At, at 16, you're already doing fitness class instructions. And you, so you traveled, you traveled along with your family. What inspired you, though, to get – I always am curious. Your parents were the traditional medicine. What, 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 what exactly inspired you to go down that road? What made you so interested in it? You know, um, I grew up, you know, both of my parents basically kind of instilled in me that I was going to become a medical doctor when I was older and I was going to go to college and this is what I was going to do. And there was no, there was no gray area. This was what I was going to do. And when I was about six, well, not 16, I was more like 15. My mother and I were having some major problems um, and to the point where she kicks me out of the house. But so a friend recommended to her that aerobics you know, group exercise was a way to bond with her daughter. And so we both go to this aerobics class and I loved it. She hated it. She said she'd never go back. <laughs> and the, the lady that was in charge of the aerobics program said to me, you know, we're all adult women that teach this program. So I don't know if you would be a good instructor, but we can train you because you do everything right. We can train you, but we don't know if other women are going to respect you because you're so young. But we'll, we can try. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. I'll do this. So they trained me to t every day after school. I would go to the gym, and I would do the different lessons they'd have me do so that I could learn how to teach group exercise. And I finally taught my first class, and everybody loved it. And so I started teaching, and I was, that was like my side hustle. And I would go to school during the day, and then at night I would come and teach my classes. And I loved it, and my mom and I didn't get along still. It didn't really work for us, but it did work to pull me out of my shell and help me find something that I love doing. And so in the process of teaching, I would probably say two or three years later, and this is – you have to understand that when I was teaching, aerobics was brand new. We used records and a record player. I was barefoot on concrete. Um, we didn't have aerobic shoes, you know, so this was something that was just, it was brand new. And in my evolution of teaching, a gentleman by the name of Ken Allen, who was this famous person from California, comes in and our studio hires him to retrain us and to kind of finesse us in our teaching skills. And he invited me to teach at the very first group exercise convention in California called IDEA. And I went, I was 18, and I had 500 people in class, and I was sold. Wow, 500 so people. I was like, okay, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> oh, my goodness, yeah. Um, so that really spearheaded it. And because IDEA was so new, um, they, people from all over the world were looking for fitness experts. So all of a sudden – I was getting propositions from different countries saying, will you come and work with my instructors in Italy or in Hong Kong or in Spain or Argentina, you name it. And so I started traveling and doing this and I really, really enjoyed it. And during all that though, which kind of also ties into this whole story, I was having a hard time going to college. I was registered at the University of Miami for exercise physiology, and I really had a hard time going to class. And so my peers said to me, you know what, you could do homeschooling, and that way you can still travel. 
And again, at that time, homeschooling was you get a giant box of books and you basically travel with your books. And so I registered to, um, to get a degree in holistic nutrition. And that was really the turning point of my life because at that point I really recognized the association between the exercise and the food and the other components that truly make a healthy individual. And I, and I really started really grasping how to change a person. And so because of that, it, it changed my entire view. And so then at that point, I'm telling my parents, listen, I'm not going into medicine. I'm going into preventative medicine. Uh, And so that's that's where everything spearheaded from. You don't, what is it, a pound of prevention, an ounce of prevention is worth more than a pound of of cure. If you get out in front of it and the problem never even develops, you're ahead of the game rather than wait for it to develop and then uh, try to treat it. I have to ask you this. We had a guest on off the shelf she went to visit her aunt when she was 12, and her aunt was really into, I guess, fitness. And she's like, oh, don't eat that. It has so many grams of sugar. Oh, don't eat that. It has this. And she she said she thinks that's what led her into um, anorexia. Now, this is totally different from oh. what totally what you're doing. But how did, like, your parents instilling the importance of diet and exercise in you? And then you see all these images around us of what – the perfect body looks like how did it how did you keep yourself from going adrift and drifting into like a eating disorder how did you was it See, how did you like stay in a healthy balanced area well my, my mine was a little bit different so both of my parents loved to cook and of course we traveled around the world so we have lots of different flavors going on and so I grew up in a household where there was sugar there was flour there was dairy there was all the stuff that right now I tell people not to have Um, And so when I started in fitness, I would say I was probably a chunky fitness instructor. But then when I had started doing the schooling for holistic nutrition, that's when I started to make some real changes. And And what happened was I started to recognize that I was getting stronger in the gym. My body was changing for a positive. I had more energy. So all these little things kept like I would feel it and I would see it and I was like oh I really like this and so it just inspired me to keep changing and I recognized that there was a big difference when I was first in fitness my diet basically consisted of grilled chicken breakfast cereal and diet coke and I justified it as the diet coke it's diet but it gives you a little up it gives you a little pep the breakfast cereal it supposedly has all the vitamins that you need so hey there's my multivitamin and then I'm, I need protein so I'm gonna have the chicken and I literally lived on that And so as I was changing my diet, I really felt better. And that feeling of better is interesting because I I say, I talk about this a lot to everybody that I meet because most people are like, Hey, you know, I've gotten my physical done and, you know, I feel great. I exercise, you know, I do what I'm supposed to do during the day and I I have a lot of energy. And I look at all of these people and I say, well, what if I could make you feel better? And it's a weird concept because it's not like something tangible that you can see and look at and go, okay, this is a better pen than that one. You can't do that. I'm just telling you, you can feel better, but you have nothing to compare it to. So I was feeling better, and I've gone through that whole journey of feeling better to recognize that even though the times that I thought I was at my peak, I actually felt better doing some other changes in my health. So that's, you know, uh, I never really had that, that issue of, of, you know, anorexia or not eating because I'm trying to be skinny. I've never 
wanted to be skinny. I don't count calories. I don't teach clients to count calories. I don't believe in that. I believe in the quality of your food. So if anything that I'm obsessed with, I'm obsessed with foods that give me a lot of nutrition naturally. Uh, That's how I choose my foods. Because to me, food is fuel. And it's the gasoline that's going to give me the energy to do whatever it is I'm going to do in my day. And so I, I typically choose my foods depending on my day. Am I going to have a crazy day? Am I not going to have time to eat? Do, am I going to have maybe a lunch, luncheon that I have to go to and I'm not real sure about the food there? So I play around with my foods and my proportions of foods really to give me energy in my day and to spearhead, of course, my health. Okay. That is interesting. That's a now that's a interesting concept I haven't heard before. Now you travel travel the world as a fitness coach. Wanted to ask you: Have you worked with like high profile clients? Some people that's how they 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 work with like the celebrities, keeping them fit. Or did you work with major corporations? Now I'm talking about how you grew your business. I've I've done all of it. Um, I worked with a lot of high-profile celebrity clients and unfortunately didn't really enjoy it because I didn't like the, um, the beck and call type thing, and they usually have these short-term goals, and then, but they weren't looking at their health as a whole. So I'm more mm-hmm. important. I, you know, to me, it's much more important to look at your health as a whole. I can easily make someone drop 10 pounds for a weekend, but that's not what I want to do. I want to really change people's health. So unfortunately, with celebrities, I got a little bit disinterested because it just wasn't exciting to me. Um, corporations, I love working with corporations. I go in. I do a bunch of lectures. I do a weight loss program that's called My Live It, where I go in and really teach them about foods so that they can create their own food plan and inadvertently, of course, lose weight. That I love doing. My career has been very interesting because it hasn't been a single path. I almost call it the squirrel approach, where all of a sudden I'm doing one thing and I really love doing that, and someone, you know, it's like a little carrot gets put on the side. I'm like, oh, squirrel, let me do that too. So I've been able to do a lot of really neat things in my career, And that's the way it keeps going. Even to this day, there's new things that just transpire, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do that too. You know, that's how the book came up. And now I've written two books, so um, and I want to write a third. So, you know, these things have just kind of come up in front of me, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do that, and I just go for it. Okay, okay. So you're not stuck on one path because I wanted to – I wanted to ask you that because I know where I work – and I've seen other companies start to do it. The companies pay into this, you know, health insurance. Every time you go to the doctor, they have to pay a part. So they're really pushing fitness. They, you get points, you get you get uh, MRA points for your to help pay like your deductibles to lower your monthly uh, uh, fit uh, health care plan, which which you have portion you have to pay if you go to the doctor, if you start to lose weight, if you start to. to Take steps to 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 improve your own health. So that's why I thought corporations probably would love to have you come in, and because yeah, as the, as the, this fast more fit, they they're they're not on short term disability. They're not away from work on sick leave. They're more engaged, perhaps if other things are working well. And the companies money that they're investing in those health care plans is coming down. So I could see that being a, a prime, prime audience uh, for you. That said, do you work yeah. with hospitals and clinics as well to help people turn chronic health issues around? 
I do. I, I um, you know, again, a lot of my business right now is primarily public speaking. Um, and then I still do a handful of coaching clients. But I do work hand in hand with several physicians in regards to helping them put together like a healthier living protocol for their clients. And right now that the entire ageless, I call it ageless because I don't want to see really seniors, but the ageless um, thing is coming in that we really need to work with, with older people and get them in, in gear also so that they can just travel and do whatever they want to do for as long as they want to do that. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Now I want to talk uh, briefly about your accident which I'm sure was life-changing before we start talking about your book, Superpowers, A Busy Woman's Guide to mm-hmm. Health and Happiness. How long were you working as a fitness instructor? You started young at the age of 16. How long were you working as a fitness instructor when the auto accident occurred? I think five years. Yep, about five years. Oh, my goodness. I can only imagine and how frightening. It It was, but you know what? It was so impactful for my career. And, and now in retrospect, I've had these little, I call them bumps in my life that have been, for some people, they'd consider pretty tragic. For me, I'm like, okay, this has to be a learning lesson of some sort. So I know that my, I was traveling a lot. I was doing a lot of stuff at that time. And I wasn't really like stopping basically to smell the roses. And I think that that was kind of a lesson to say, hey, you need to slow down a little bit. Then when the accident happened, I was put in a metal back brace that I was supposed to wear for eight months. And at that point, I decided, no, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. So I did a lot of research on back care and back injuries and what I could and couldn't do. And I actually started going to the gym with my brace on and getting massage. And within three months, the doctor was like, okay, I don't know what happened, but you're cured. You can take this thing off of you now. And that gave me such uh, an education about back care that all of a sudden I became a back specialist with other people that have chronic back pain because that's a normal thing these days. And so I became so much more proficient in that 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 was a huge thing for my career. Man, you have a positive attitude. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm listening to you. Oh, my God. You look at the the upside of things. Oh, bless you for doing that. I was, so I was going to ask you, what did you learn? You know, you learned more about back care and 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 to slow down. And there was a uh, what's the comedian Kevin Hart? He said that he was he thought that's why he had his accident. Like if the Lord was telling him it's time to slow down a little bit. But what did you mm-hmm. learn for sure uh, as it as it regards life that maybe a one of our off-the-shelf listeners can benefit from. What did you learn for sure during the process of recovering from the accident? Um, You you know, I I think that any time something tragic happens in our life, we have two choices. So we can sit there and we can kind of wallow in it, um, and that could take days, months, or years. Or we can say, you know what, I'm going to – to learn from this, I'm going to move, I'm going to charge forward. And that's really, have always been my interpretation of it is I want to charge forward. And so I took the time at that point with my back brace on, I was living in Texas. I had several friends I hadn't seen in a long time that lived in what's called the Texas Hill country, which is out in the country. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go visit my friends. And I took the time to go and kind of reconnect with people that I hadn't connected with in a long time, which was wonderful. I would go stay a week here and a week there because at the same time, too, I couldn't really run around too much. So I was like, okay, I'll go visit somebody and hang out at their house. 
Um, but it helped me reconnect with a lot of great friends. It helped me reconnect with some members of my family, which I thought was wonderful. Um, and and it, at the same time, too, it just made me realize that, you know, you, you have to slow down and, you know, smell the roses and play outside a little bit more. I think I really got much more into being outside during that time. So, you know, a combination of everything, I just became more grounded and more centered. Wow. You know what, I guess they say there's something to learn from every experience. So let's switch to Mm -hmm. your books, Adida. What inspired you to write Superpowers, A Busy Woman's Guide to Health and Happiness? Well, it was a it was a combination of two things. One is I when I was single without kids, I would always wonder why am I dealing with some of these women that come to me with stains on their shirts and half the time they're blowing me off, like they can't make their appointment. And I didn't get it. So here I am now, I get married, I have two kids, and I'm like, Whoa, there's a lot going on. And I <laughs> saw myself putting myself last and I'm like wait hold on a second how did this happen right and why do I have stains on my shirt and can't make appointments on time so that part of it kind of kicked in and I saw myself deteriorate like just not feel well not I I call it a happy high when you're inspired and you know just loving life I kind of felt that fizzling away and so I was like, there, I've got to change something. This isn't working. And so I just basically took all of the learnings, all the gurus I've ever taken a class from, everything that I've ever done and said, okay, we're going to start making some serious changes. And I wrote it out like you're writing a business plan. And I started changing myself. And then all of a sudden my friends are like, hey, I want a little bit of that. What are you doing? And I just started putting myself first because I recognized that if I wasn't first. It was really hard for me to inspire and encourage my kids. Um, I, I recognized that I had a voice. Unfortunately, part of the inspiration of the book is I got divorced. Um, and, and that was a challenging issue right there. But it, it helped me realize that I had lost myself and that I'm a pretty cool person and I need to pull myself out of there. And, and I wanted to teach other women how to do it as well and do it in a way where it didn't feel like it took their entire day. I know when I first started teaching fitness, I would tell people, listen, you've got to come to the gym three or four days a week for 60 minutes. And then when they'd come to me and they'd say, oh, you know what, I made it twice this week, but I only made it in for 47 minutes, I would give them grief about it. And now I go and I'm like, no, 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 I don't, it doesn't matter. Because what happened with those people is they stopped going to the gym because they're like, oh, I don't want to let her down. I don't have the three days. I don't have the 60 minutes. I'm just not going to go. So now I'm like, no, 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 listen, I want you to start your day off, brush your teeth, do some squats and lunges. Maybe that takes two minutes. That's great. Do that. Then walk around the block, maybe park a little further away and just add in these little tiny bouts of activity throughout your day. And by the end of the day, you probably did 30 or 45 minutes of good activity. And it didn't really bother your day. It seamlessly fit right in. And then the same thing goes with food because we tend to go after when we're stressed out and have way too much going on in our plate, we go after processed carbohydrates. And the reason we do that is because there's this little chemical reaction in the back of our brain that makes us go, oh, I feel comfortable now. That cookie just, it just, made, it just did it for me. The cookie did it for me. But if we do this over and over again, what do we do? We gain a ton of weight, and then it, that slows us down too. So I wanted to teach people how to just really change their mindset and how to change what they were doing 
so that they'd start feeding themselves like an, you feed yourself like an athlete. You're, if you're a mom or an executive or you're an executive plus mom, then you're an athlete because you've got a lot going on and you should treat yourself like an athlete. But it doesn't mean it's got to consume your day. So that was the whole process with superpowers is I want to teach people how to just little tiny things that you can do in your day and seamlessly stick them in there that's actually going to crank up your energy and make you feel better. Can you t- give us an overview of the book? Uh, you t- you, t- you t- just shared some of the tips. You know, you want women to you, you eat like you're an athlete because with your schedule you really are. You're on the go constantly. But what are some of the specific tips or topics that you cover in Superpowers, A Busy Woman's Guide to Health and Happiness? Well, basically, um, I believe that health is a composition of four basic pillars. So it's going to be food and nutrition, exercise and movement, sleep and relaxation, and happiness. And we have to combine all four to be truly healthy. So you could see somebody with a great physique in the gym, but if they're cranky and they don't sleep well, they're not really healthy. Right. So we got to look at the entire package. And so the book is basically divided into those four pillars. So when it comes to food and nutrition, my best tip for anybody, the first one is going to be you've got to minimize your sugars. And it's not just sugar, it's sugar, flour, dairy, and alcohol. They all break down and metabolize as a sugar. So you got to start making choices. If you like having coffee, cream, and sugar in the morning, great, have that. But you have to have that now with you can't have it with toast and jam. You have to have it with like eggs, like protein, um, and then some kind of good quality fat like avocado so that you can balance out the sugar and the caffeine, of course, from your morning coffee. So you have to start making choices. And that's what I like to instill in people is that I'm not taking away all your food. I'm just asking you to make a choice. So if you want to have a sandwich for lunch, that's great. Have a sandwich with turkey, lettuce, tomato, but you're going to have to skip the cheese if you want to eat the bread. So you got to make a choice. Which one do you want? Do you want the cheese or do you want the bread? Make a choice. And so when you start looking at foods that way, now you start energizing your body because the reality is is the ideal carbohydrates for anybody is going to be fruits, vegetables, and unrefined grains. Those, in essence, are our multivitamin. We get all our nutrition from that. And they metabolize and they give us energy, immediate energy. But the thing that keeps that energy in our system is good quality proteins and good quality fats. And so you need to have them in, in your system. You have to have that in your system so that it can keep you energized for a longer period of time. And that really now, is the ideal situation. When I run track, I always heard carbs if you're running long distance. So it's interesting what you said, that that helps to keep the good, the good food in your system. But then some people say carbs are like, it's like a bad villain. Or villain. Well, car- but, well it's uh, the processed carbs are the bad, bad villain. Remember, that's the flour, that's the dairy, that's the sugar. Those, yes, absolutely bad villains, but not the apple, the um, the salad, the uh, any. I I even like potatoes. You can even have a potato if you want to in there. That stuff's totally different, and it breaks down in our body completely different than the cookie does or the cracker. Interesting. Do you go into, in in the book, uh, and I have it up now, but do you go into um, what the food does? Not on off the shelf you're doing that, but do you go, do you do that in the book so people can, sometimes you're just told eat this, don't eat that, but if you, you're explaining the why behind it, it makes sense. Do you do that in the book well, as well? 
yeah, that's my thing, I guess you'd say. I like to explain the why because that's the only way that I see people actually make a change. A diet doesn't work. A diet is a temporary fix. Most people, I do these giant weight loss programs for these corporations, and one of the questions I ask is, how many weight loss programs have you been on? How much weight did you lose, and did you keep the weight off? And, of course, nobody ever keeps the weight off. And I'm like, because that was a temporary fix. What I like to do is I like lifestyle changes that you, that you understand why, you get the concept, and you're like, okay, I can do that because that makes sense to me. So that's what I try to do. And even in the portion of the book that I have a food plan kind of drawn out, my entire thing of a food plan is for you to be able to create your own food plan. So I give you the techniques of you creating your own food plan because you've learned all the why. Uh, you know what? And that I think that it makes it sound like you, it's more the choice is yours. Like you're saying, you have a choice. You can either eat the bread or you can eat the cheese. Giving a person a choice, I think that's very empowering. When you talk about superpowers, can you tell us what what is it? What did this term come from, and what are our superpowers? I think we all have a tremendous amount of superpowers. Unfortunately, I think women, and I don't want to say unfortunately, but I think women tend to have more superpowers than men because we're multitaskers. But it's basically that ability of being able to do, I mean, and, and you look at your typical female executive who's also a mom. She happens to get everybody to where they're supposed to be. They get their homework done. She has her nails painted, and she has dinner on the table at, the, at nighttime. And so that's, that's a superpower. Being able to coordinate all of that in your head to make sure you've got all the ingredients you need, everything needs to get done, you still make it to your meeting on time, you still finish a project, and everybody's happy sitting at dinner. That is an enormous superpower, and that's really where it came from because I realized with the two kids and the husband, I was like, whoa, there's a lot to get done. Mm -hmm. And I have to figure out the smoothest way of doing it at the same time without losing myself. And so, you know, again – there's your superpowers. That's not Are a normal signs? path. That's not something that's taught in school. No. Are there signs that uh, for for women who are listening that uh, you, 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 your family's happy, your husband says he's happy, or your spouse, your kids are energetic and happy? How do you know, though, that you've lost yourself? You're, you're doing all the family stuff. How do you know? What are the signs that, oh, wait a minute, I'm losing myself? You know, um, I, I, I coach several clients right now in regard to that, and I think one of the first things is exhaustion, um, fuzzy, like fuzzy mental fog. I think that kicks in quite, quite thickly there, and I think there's like this like weird resentment that tends to go on within us because we're doing everything, and we don't feel like we're getting help. But at the same time, too, we haven't been able to verbalize saying, listen, this is what I need done. You know, a household, any household, should be, in a weird way, should be run kind of like a business. And a, and a marriage is a partnership. And so if you ran a business and your partner in the business didn't cut, you know, didn't do what they needed to do, you'd have a t- discussion with them and say, listen, we well, got to be doing this. I can't run the whole business. I can't right. do sales and marketing and also do the books. So you got to do the bookkeeping, right? So we have to do this in our relationship as well. And I think that many times we get into this position where we're just doing everything. And, and that is where we get exhausted. And you can see it in their eyes. If you look at your own eyes right now, all of you listeners, 
Go to the mirror and look at yourself in the mirror and smile and see how genuine it is and see if your eyes are sparkling like they should be. Because when we're not, then we got to sit back and go, whoa, you know what? I think I'm a little fried right now, and I need to figure out why. Wow. You know what? It's, it's so odd that, again, Arianna Huffington, it's, that is something she is really on. And you hear, and then colleagues of mine, you hear women, they're like, oh, I want my husband to do more. And the, it must be something in a woman innate to just try to take charge at home and make it all happen. It's just probably been going on for so long that maybe it's hard even for some women to ask for help. But once again, with the with the food, you gave the why. You gave the option. You, you're not telling somebody what to eat, the bread or the cheese. It's up to you, and you're telling them what it will do if you eat the cheese and the bread or either or. And then also I loved your example of a marriage running a household. It's like running a company. You can't do it all. You you can do it all for a while, but eventually you're going to realize that you're going to need help. It's very, very difficult, although you see women do it all the time, but I'm starting to hear more women step up and say, this superwoman thing, just let it go, because there is, there is nobody that fits that. That said, yeah. this is, this, in researching for your interview, this is something that was said about your book, Superpowers, A Busy Woman's Guide to Health and Happiness at Amazon. This is what a reader said. I folded laundry, made breakfast, dropped my kids to school, filled my car with gas, and I'm now sitting to write this. Or maybe you wrote this and now sitting to write this. I wrote that. All before 8 a.m. This is life for me, and I know it is for many of you too. We have two choices. We can either dwell on being overworked or we can ramp up our superpowers to make each day better than ever. How do you you travel, you work with clients, you're a mom. How do you, that something that's practical, an off-the-shelf listener could incorporate into her life, how do you balance such a busy schedule? Well, I think one thing that's incredibly important is that you have to do one thing for yourself every day. One thing that you really love to do. So my thing, which is why there's an entire chapter on tea in my book, is I love having a cup of tea with a friend. And so that's like my time out. And sometimes that cup of tea will last maybe just 15 minutes because that's all I've got on my schedule. Or maybe it'll last an hour and we solve world peace. I don't know. But it, it, it varies. But it's that one thing that I truly love to do. The other thing I love to do is color in a coloring book. So if I have a few minutes, and it, and it doesn't mean that I have to spend hours on it. Sometimes it's only 10 minutes or 30 minutes, whatever I have. And I'll sit there and it's that, it, I call it a mental reset. Because when you can pull yourself out of your crazy day for a brief moment, and again, it could be two minutes, it could be an hour. If you can pull yourself out of what you're doing and completely take your focus, which is where meditation comes in, into something else. So that something else could be having a conversation with a friend over tea. It could be coloring in a coloring book, or maybe it is really meditation. You come back into your crazy day. You actually look at it with clearer eyes. It's like all of a sudden you can see how you can be more efficient if you put these things there or those things there. Or if you reschedule that meeting to tomorrow, that's going to give you another 30 minutes in your day. Like things just seem so much clearer, giving yourself that mental reset. And so I encourage that to everybody. And, you know, it, like I said, it doesn't have to take a huge amount of time, but just, just that brief moment to take your 
but of your, your current situation can give you so much clarity, and that can make your day go so much smoother as well. Uh, just a little bit of time for yourself. I remember years ago a woman told me the only time she got time to herself was when she went to the toilet. And then somebody else told me they almost had to, they would just go in the bathroom and lock the door and just <laughs> the only way they could. Yep. Another person told me the only time they got quiet time was when she would visit her brother who had an auto accident and he was paralyzed. He was in a coma. She said that was the only way. She said, I swear that's the only time I get to rest. You know, this is a this is a bigger issue. The women go 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 go. I think that some people might realize. Now, one of the t- uh, uh, chapters in the book is on happiness, and it says a smile brings joy, supercharges endorphins, and sets you up for success. What role in fitness and being healthy does happiness really play in there? Does it really play a role oh. in keeping the body balanced and? Oh, my God, it's an enormous role. I mean, think of it. Every, you know, I, I, when I do these big corporate events, one of the questions I ask, I go, when was the last time you laughed so hard that you cried and you couldn't stop laughing? That is a ginormous endorphin rush, rush, and that's a drug that actually makes us feel amazing. And so when we can incorporate that drug, even just a little bit throughout our day, just with a giggle here and a giggle there, again, it just kind of clears the body and clears the mind, and things just don't seem so you know, hectic and crazy as they were. So it's an enormous part of the day, you know, interesting in fitness. And and it's kind of funny when I'm dealing with executives because they have a hard time understanding this. In fitness, when we have a fitness conference, it doesn't matter how old we are. It's, It's like a college reunion. And we are all are giggly. It's like we're sorority brothers and sisters and we have our fun, and we're always laughing, and it's always very upbeat, and we're dancing in the hallways, and we are just, that's what we do. And so when I talk to other executives that go to, I don't know, like an accounting convention or a, you know, it could be any kind of a business convention, they're just kind of like, well, we don't really do that there. You know, isn't it more serious? I'm like, no. Listen, we have serious discussions. We have anatomy conferences. We have, you know, exercise physiologists that come in and do things. But the whole air of the convention is so much more light because that's just our industry. There, we really yeah. like to keep it light, and it makes us feel so much better. You know, you talk about the um, – I mean, I can tell you're living out what you, you what you wrote about in your book, Superpowers, A Busy Woman's Guide to Health. Um, I can tell you live it, live it out just through your energy and, and, and what you're sharing here on Off the Shelf. But the four pillars, the food and nutrition, which we touched on, and happiness and joy, exercise and movement, which you said if you can't make the whole hour, then park further away and – walk or take the stairs instead of the elevator. There are different ways to, to get moving. But then you also, one of the four pillars is sleep and relaxation. So how much sleep do we need? And I know for every person it varies. I know some people tell me they only need five hours, and some people say eight hours uh, of sleep. But the, it's that relaxation part for a, a mother of young kids that is really well, a challenge to, to fit that in. It, it is. You know, one of the one, and and I don't really like all these exercise watches, but I do like this one thing. So the Fitbit and the Apple watches and all that, they have a sleep chart. And in the sleep chart that comes out, you can actually see your periods. They're called sleep cycles, and that's your periods of deep sleep. And in a perfect world, we would have six to seven 
of these deep sleep cycles of being about 60 to 75 minutes each. That would be a perfect night's sleep. But typically we have like little tiny sleep cycles and then we have this like restless sleep and then maybe we're awake for a little bit and that creates this, like, you know, the cycle of terror in a sense because then you wake up and you're either moving your hand around trying to find the snooze button so you can sleep a few more minutes or you, you, you're getting up feeling like that someone's got to just like pull you out of bed because you're so exhausted. Ideally, we should be waking up like, yeah, it's time to get up. Okay, I'm good now, right? And that because that means that we got good quality sleep. I think quality is so much more important than quantity. So mm. if you can wake up feeling rested, and if you can even wake up before your alarm feeling rested, even better for you. Kudos to you. The mom that has to, you know, sleep, you know, get up and she's got a nurse in the middle of the night or pick up a child who doesn't feel well and oh, get up goodness. and you go to bed and you get up and you go to bed, that's quite exhausting. But you've got to then, you know, prioritize a few things. And so that means you've got to get to bed earlier. I've always, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm kind of a sleeper. So I was always one to go to bed earlier with my kids just because I knew I would be interrupted three times. And I didn't want to wake up. To, I didn't want to wake up feeling horrible. So mm-hmm. I've been able to kind of mitigate my sleep that way. But I think a lot of people need to do that. One of the challenges in any relationship, of course, is that, and I had this with mine, is I'd want to go to bed at eight o'clock because I knew I was going to wake up three or four times in the middle of the night to nurse my kids. And my ex would be like, this is the only time we can spend time together. And this is where, as adults, we need to learn to create healthy boundaries. And we need to be able to explain to our, to our spouse or our partner and say, you know what, I'm sorry, I know I'm going to wake up four times in the middle of the night and I really need my sleep because I have X, Y, and Z the next day and I need to be rested. And if I'm not rested, I'm not going to be a good mate to you anyways. So you need to, I need you to encourage me to be rested, right? Um, and, and we need to take, take that rest and grab it when we can because it helps us with everything in our life. Yes, it is very important. Anybody who's ever been groggy, <laughs> no, especially especially oh. if you ever drove groggy, which I don't recommend, you could actually be tired, more tired than you realize. And and so yes. it is. You, it, it, I'm telling you, you could eat right, exercise, everything, but if you don't get enough sleep, oh my God, you just will feel like you never have enough energy. Now, do you do you include any recipes in your book? I include a ton of recipes, and the recipes, again, my whole philosophy is trying to keep things really super simple. So the recipes are simple to make, but yet they are, they are based on nutritional density of foods. So it's trying to bring in as much nutrition as you can into a meal or a snack. Okay. Okay, so the recipe's easy to make, and if you make them, you're going to be treating it. You'll be loving your body, loving yourself with the recipes that are included in the book. Now, how big of a role, Adita, when we talk body, some people who are in the, they will do anything to get their body to look a certain way, whether it's surgery, whether, I mean, taking pills and anything. So how big a role do steroids and other chemicals, I'm not even talking about the bodybuilding industry, but how big a role do steroids and other chemicals in our food, not to mention our hectic workplace, affect the the human mind and body? Because our food is not clean. Most of our food is not clean. I don't even trust that the organic food is really organic. But how, how much of a role does this play on us 
Well, it, it plays a terrible role. Um, you know, and, and you can see that just by how the incidences of cancer has increased tenfold. You know, the, 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 health, the average healthy person has is the average healthy person in the United States is actually on medication, which is crazy mm. to me. And, and so, you know, unfortunately, everything is intertwined. And, you know, you and I could have a whole conversation about the pharmaceutical industry in regards to the pesticide industry and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, food is tainted in one way or another, which is another reason that I really encourage people to eat foods in their natural source. Try to stay away when you're looking at an ingredient list. If you can't pronounce it and don't know what it is, don't eat it. It's just a pretty simple rule of thumb. And eating foods in their natural source and trying to keep it as clean as possible. I always say that home should be sanctuary. So in my home, we eat organic. My water is filtered. I do everything I'm, I, I can possibly get away with. I don't use regular cleaning products. I use very natural cleaning products in my home because I know that when I go out to somebody else's house, they're not going to be that way. And I'm not going to freak out about it because, unfortunately, this is the life we have to live. But at least I know that, that the majority of my time is in more of a chemical-free environment um, because we are. We're surrounded by it. We could go to the best restaurants, and some of the meats that they serve are, wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't really want to give that to your dog, unfortunately, because of the type of chemicals that are in there. And unfortunately, what also happens is the more chemicals we're putting into our body, a lot of times that's reflected in how difficult it is to lose weight. Because our fat cells basically hold on to anything it can't break down and digest, and it's going to hold on to all the toxins we bring into our body. Wow. So when I'm dealing with clients, you know, it, it's, it's interesting to me. I've had clients to me that basically they eat pretty clean. They exercise the way they're supposed to, but they have not been able to lose weight. And when I really delve deep into it, half of it is that they're not sleeping correctly. So because of the exhaustion, their body's not able to recover, let alone burn body fat the way it should be. And the other half is that they live a very chemical-filled life between dry cleaning and hair colors and, and antiperspirants and, and cleaning products of the house. And, you, you know, you create this huge ginormous list of all the stuff they're using. And I'm like, wait a minute, can't we kind of like tone this down just a little bit? Like figure out what you really need to have and can we like change the other things? And when I end up changing these things and get them to sleep, they lose weight. Wow. Now that is a that is impressive. That is impressive. Yeah. It reminds me of a, of a friend of mine. She was a, a talent agent in Hollywood, and she worked with uh, young kids. She had an office in New York and, and in California. Today she lives in Florida, but she was getting sick. We talked about chemicals. You don't really know, and you kept kept researching. That's, that would be, to me, a, a good benefit to work with somebody who has your expertise because if you're doing the right things, you're like, something's still not right. So what happened to her, she said she was getting weaker and weaker and sick, and she's a healthy, thin, like a thin woman, but she was gluten intolerant. And her doctors, nobody nobody figured it out, so she started researching it. And this is going back almost 20 years before the gluten-free became popular, and she went on a crusade. She said it because people keep telling you to eat wheat and grains and this. She said that stuff was killing me. So <laughs> to, to keep doing the research till you find out, Maybe I'm allergic to yeah. this. Maybe this, this doesn't work for me. As we come down to less than 10 minutes into into the show, Adita, I wanted to ask you, could you please tell us about the services that you offer? 
Well, I do online and Skype type coaching. Um, I also have a lot of online courses that people can take to learn a little bit more about weight loss 101 or, you know, myths and misconceptions of foods. Um, and I, you know, they come with an app to make life easy. Of course, I wrote Superpowers, a Busy Woman's Guide to Health and Happiness. And I also wrote Superpowers of the Family Kitchen. And so that is to teach parents how to feed their children for growth and development, immune support, mental clarity, and focus. And that book also has a course that goes right along with it as well that I promote at schools across the country and they sell it as a PTA fundraiser. So we, you know, I do quite a lot of things and then I go and I speak at corporations, do keynote speeches and um, do different videos and recipes online. <laughs> what is that? What, can you describe like a Skype session with you? How long, how many sessions would a client have to sign up for and how long is each session? So I, I send out, I have a lot of questionnaires because I really like to kind of get to know somebody and their eating habits and everything else way before I meet with them. So I send out probably eight questionnaires that you have to fill out. And then they'll send that back to me. I'll review it and kind of make a general plan. And then I'll have a one-hour meeting with them. And at that point, we'll make a decision as to, like, what has to transpire next. Everybody is really different. And I like to customize everything because that's the way we got to make changes. Some people need to talk to me every week. Others talk to me once a month. So, it, you know, it just kind of depends on the person and their goals and what's going on in their health and well-being as to what's going to transpire. But I like to, you know, I like to go into the first session already knowing quite a lot about the person because I want to make it efficient. I don't want to sit there and have to, you know, rehash things out that they could have given me on paper. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Can you yeah. share three? You've written two books uh, we, uh, now, so thanks for sharing that. And that's the uh, the superpowers, uh, a busy woman's guide to health and happiness, and superpowers for the family kitchen. Can you share th- uh, three to four tips for our listeners who themselves may be authors for ways that you found to be effective at getting the word out about your books and your services? That you know, in today's day and age, it's it's an ongoing challenge. That's what I'm going to say. Now, um, I use Instagram. I'm on Instagram at Adita Lang. I'm on Facebook at Adita Lang Nutrition. So that are my two prime areas. Um, throughout the years and all the talks that I do, I always get people's email addresses so that I have an, an, a good email database and I have a newsletter that goes on. So I pass that information through that. Um, I have also digitized all the books, so I have them as a digital program off of an app, which I think is quite helpful for people, especially nowadays. Everyone wants things quick and easy. Um, you know, when I wrote the books, both books have been written in an incredibly easy manner, and I did that intentionally because, again, we're busy, and I don't want to sit there. I've read so many health books that discuss research studies, and granted, that's really important information, but I want you to get down to the nitty-gritty and just tell me why I need to do something, and that's how I'm trying to to promote everything in my book. I'm trying to give you the whys in an easy-to-understand manner so that you can just take the ball and run with it. Okay. Now, are you working on any new material? I know you're busy enough as it is, and if so, could you give us a glimpse into what you're working on? Well, I'm going to be working on my next superpower book, which is going to be more on just the psychology of living and how to live an extraordinary life for all of us, men and women. Okay. When can we expect to see that out on the, on the, on the shelves, Adita? I'd probably say I'm trying to do these once a year. I'm, I'm, I'm aiming for a year from now. 
Okay. Oh, that's my you goal. You know, I, I was gonna I was gonna ask you this. So you started as a fitness instructor, and now you're you're going on your third book. What inspired you to to go down the book uh, the book writing path? What inspired or, or sparked that interest to let me write a book? And then you wrote one, and you let me write another one. You know, everyone has always asked me. You know, they they call me for advice. They ask me for advice. As the whole internet era kind of kicked in and we started blogging, I started enjoying the blogging thing. And I was like, okay, this is kind of fun. Um, And then, of course, when I went through the whole transition for myself, where I felt myself lost, having two kids, how do I regain my own health and sanity and everything else? I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to write this out. And that's when I wrote it out. I was like, okay, I can do this. This is going to be fun. So Mm -hmm. I just did it. And we learned so much about ourselves while we're creating. What have you learned about Adita Lang since you wrote your first book? Um, I have become a lot, my my self-esteem, I think, has become a lot more um, highlighted for myself. Because I think all of us, you know, through the transitions in our life, we think we're good, but we're not really sure. And we're trying really hard and we try to do our best. And I had a lot of great mentors that, you know, I always looked up to, but I never felt I was at their caliber. I knew I changed lives, but I didn't really recognize that I changed lives. And for some reason, as I was writing, all of a sudden I was getting, I had one trainer that I worked with many years ago. He actually highlighted some things that I did with him in his new book. And I had somebody else that reached out to me saying, I just got to let you know, you just, you know, you changed my life and this is why. And so all of a sudden I'm like, wow, I think I'm really doing something good. And we don't give Absolutely. ourselves credit enough sometimes. And now I'm like, you know what? I think I'm pretty good. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Where yeah. can off-the-shelf listeners get copies of your books, Adita? They're on Amazon and on Barnes & Nobles. But you can go, go to my website. It's all there. And you have all the links. It'll take you everywhere you need to go. AditaLang.com. Okay. We have been honored to have Adita Lang here with us. Oh, what a pleasure. She's a certified fitness instructor, nutritional guru, public speaker, mind, body, serenity coach, and she is an author. And her, she's working on her third book. But the two books that she has on the market right now are Superpowers, A Busy Woman's Guide to Health and Happiness, and Superpowers, for the family kitchen i really encourage you to keep up with her you can bookmark her page and her website again is adidalang.com a-d-i-t-a-l-a-n-g.com again that's a-d-i-t-a-l-a-n-g.com adidalang.com we thank you so much adida for all that you share with us i love her approach she tells you the why behind this why you should eat this food versus that food, and then gives you choices that you can make. Again, I love the cheese or the bread, or you could do both. But this is what's going to happen to your body if you do both. And this is this is what'll happen if you don't eat either the cheese or the bread, or if you just eat one instead of both. So I really encourage you to get a copy of her book. This uh, she has two out now, and support her and. And bookmark her website, AditaLang.com. Thank you for being here with us, Adita. And to our listeners, thank you, thank you. And our loyal listeners and those that may have been your first time here off the shelf, if you came in on the show midstream, once it finishes streaming, you can go back and listen to it in its entirety in the archives and share it with 
all the people who you think that this show could benefit and certainly could benefit any busy parent. Oh, my goodness, especially a parent of young kids. So we want to thank Adita again. As I always tell you to our listeners, you are awesome. You are amazing. You are incredible. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. See you back here next Saturday at 11 a.m. Adita, I'll shoot you an email when the show finishes streaming. Bye for now. Bye.